It's noon here in Ventnor City, New Jersey, and Washington, D.C., and this is news that you can use from Car Edge for Wednesday, November 8th, with your host, me, Ray, and, uh, well, uh, the other guy, Zach. How are you today, handsome? I am doing great, Pops. I am super excited for today because yesterday yes. we got earnings from many different companies, Car Gurus, True Car. And even some others. And you know what, Dad? In those earnings were some really interesting pieces of data that lead us to the point of yes. car dealers starting to feel the pain of a market that is shifting. We are going to start things off hot and heavy and to the point. True Car, Dad. They yeah. have a, uh, a shareholders letter that they write every single quarter to their shareholders. True Car right. is an interesting business, gang. True Car makes money by doing lead generation for dealers. And dealers need leads when they have too many cars to sell and not enough paying customers. True Car's letter, Dad, has this chart in it that talks about new vehicle inventory. And they are over the freaking moon, Dad. Like, yes. I'm not going to read this whole letter because it's multiple pages. But their chief executive officer is over the moon because inventories are building back up. And TrueCar thinks they can make a bunch of money now generating leads for dealers who are desperate to sell. I found that to be fascinating. Wanted to get your take on it and then have well, even more data that can drive well, the discussion. Well, they know, they know what inventory means to, to sell in cars and selling leads to dealers. Um, if there's no inventory and there's more than enough customers, if you're the dealer, you got to be thinking to yourself, well, that true car is a waste of money. What do I need them for? When suddenly there's a shortage of customers, but a plethora of vehicles, you think to yourself, where, where the hell's true car when we need them? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, they, they, they do well when the market's soft and the inventory's high. They don't do quite as well when the supply is low and demand is high. It, it makes perfect sense. And Pops, they put out data similarly to Cox Automotive. We're going to get this data from Cox Automotive, hopefully tomorrow. Realistically, it could be next week. They put out to add the data breaking down days supply of inventory broken down by automaker. And yeah. the trends here with TrueCar are very similar to what we see from Cox. They're actually understating the numbers. They say there's only about an 80 days supply of Stellantis products out there and a 65, 70 day supply of Ford products. But as you can see here, there's a, a trend that we've been talking about for a while now, and it is that the domestic automakers, even amidst an ongoing labor shortage, yes. were able to increase their day's supply of inventory. And honestly, Dad, I'm going to pull up a tweet here in a second, or an X, I should say, from car dealership guy who actually had a uh, Stellantis, a CDJR dealer, say to him, what the hell is going on here? De uh, and, and, and I know we've talked about in the past, dealers feeling the pain. No, dealers are actually feeling the pain this time around, man. Like They can't sell these things. True cars coming out and saying, this is great news, investors. Give us your money because now dealers need us again. Yes. The market has truly, like, on a dime, flipped that. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's flipped. I mean, it's taken a while. The Fed, with the, uh, with, with the increases in the interest rates, have finally impacted everything uh, when it comes to car sales. So, yeah, we know the market has shrunk. We know there's fewer people in the market to buy cars. Uh, they've done studies. You know, we've looked at this. We know it. So as inventories build up, which they have been doing, uh, and as customer demand declines and inventory costs skyrocket because of those interest rates, 
Yeah, dealers, some dealers, certain brands are truly feeling the pain and wondering what their manufacturer partners are going to do for them. Um, Here's that would be Stellantis. All right, we got man. There's so much. All right, so let's just keep so so interest rate check. Let's do our weekly interest rate check. And what do you think? We got the latest data from Cox Automotive. What do you think the average interest rate? I'm asking the the, the chat, everyone that's with us, and you, Dad. What do you think the average interest rate is on a new car auto loan so far in November and a used car auto loan so far in November? New car first. What do you think it is? Uh, nine point seven five percent. Wow, you are good. All right, what do you think about for used cars? Um, 15.1. Wow, 15.1. We're not quite that high. 9.87% for new cars. Okay. 14.31 for used cars. Wow. Okay, so you were talking about it. Consumers unable to, to justify buying that new vehicle. And we're going we're gonna to flip back over to Stellantis here in just a second because that's what that quote from car dealership guy comes from. Yeah, when a customer looks at, okay, maybe the price, the OTD price looks good, but oh crap, it's uh, at 8, 9, 10% you know, interest. Like The monthly payments just become unaffordable for many people. So that's your perfect example of the pinch, the squeeze yeah. that dealers are feeling. And if I may, Dad... That's why this commentary here on, on X from Car Dealership Guy is so powerful. We did a video on the Car Edge channel just the other week talking about floor plan expense. Well, let's read this. Yes. Stellantis is in deep doo-doo. Their cars are not selling. Heard this from countless dealers over the past couple of weeks. Here's one message in my DMs. What is Stellantis's plan for the dealers being crushed by floor plan? I have several Stellantis stores, and even after the strike, we are turning down inventory. It is too expensive to carry, and cars move way too slowly. How are they going to make things easier for dealers to acquire and sell inventory? Well, they've already made things easier for dealers to acquire inventory. They've got, to, you know, even Stellantis has too much of it, and they want their dealers to take it. Now, you can't make it any easier than that to acquire. It's how can they afford to acquire that inventory? What is Stellantis going to do to underwrite that expense of acquiring inventory? Are they going to increase the floor plan assistance amounts for their vehicles? Are, are they just going to, to write a check at the end of every month um, for a percentage of their floor plan costs. I don't know. They, they, there's, there's a couple things they could do. One of them would be lower the damn prices of their damn vehicles and increase the size of the customer incentives so that people will want to buy them. You know, um, if nobody wants them, or the percentage of people want them continues to go down. That's not a good sign for a manufacturer. That, yeah. That's the sign that the manufacturer really misread the market about how upscale you could go and still maintain some market share and maintain your customers. Uh, Jeep is struggling. Ram pickup trucks are not selling like they used to. And that's because the prices of the damn things are way out of reach for the average person. If I may share an insight, you and I haven't talked about this. This will be your first time hearing it. We just added a Mazda dealer to the Car Edge Network. Okay. They, that dealer literally told me, Zach, 45 days ago, we didn't have inventory. Now, help me. Help me. I'll, I'll dig deep into the holdback. Help me. Like, I need to sell cars. 
And I bring that up because, A, we, we helped a customer just today you know, yeah. navigate that process. But also, Dad, look at the incentives even that Mazda is offering. Mazda, reasonably priced vehicles, 2.9% APR on the 2023s. You want the brand new 2024? All right, 3.9% APR. We talked about it yesterday on the show. Even Toyota Financial Services offering subvented interest rates, $1,000 off cash incentives. So it's like, it's kind of interesting to think we talk about Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram so much because they are truly, CDG said it, car dealership guy said it, they're in doo-doo. Like they are, they yeah. are leading the pack in terms of being in the worst financial position of all of the different uh, automakers. But then it's even some of the import brands, Toyota adding back incentives. This Mazda dealer joining our network to me is a huge moment, Dad, where they're saying, help, like cars are now sitting. And that, that happened for them in 45 days. It doesn't Things take, can turn on a dime. It doesn't take long for a market to change, okay? Um, it, it doesn't. I mean, it can be great one day, and then something happens in the world, and it all goes to hell the next. I mean, that's just the nature of business. You don't know when that's going to happen. Um, and and Mazda, as a brand, has been on a huge roll. Um, I sent you an article today uh, about how they hope to set yearly a yearly fiscal year record for sales in the United States for sales and profit. Um, and, but they're saying that their slowdown in sales in October is just a blip. Um, why would you read that as a blip? Uh, when everybody else's sales are going up, why would your 7.9% decline in sales be a blip and, and blame it on, well, there were low water levels in the Panama Canal. What the hell? Get, get, that, you know, that, 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 I can assure, that is not it. That is not it. Okay. That was not it. I was I was on the phone with an owner yesterday. Yeah. That is not it, man. And I just want to pull this up. This is the beauty of what we're doing at Car Edge now. I'm so proud of our team. So John B says, stay away from Mazda if you're in Boise, Idaho area, still consistently applying market adjustments to the tune of three to $3,800. John, we cover 500 miles free shipping. And then after that, you know, you carry that cost, but that's $500 in free shipping. You don't have to, don't pay market adjustments. I truly go to caredge.com, go through the process. We now have Mazda. So like we can ship these things nationwide. There's a small fee, obviously, if you're outside that 500 mile range, but like that, I think over the next, I don't know, call it six months, we're going to have every single OEM because a dealer somewhere is going to wake up and say, oh, crap, interest rates are too high. Oh, crap, my floor plan costs are too high. And what happened? Now I can't sell as many cars. And we're not even talking about used cars right now. We talked about used cars on the show yesterday. Used car prices are still through the roof, but they came down 0.7%. So maybe there's some relief in sight there. The bigger relief is, I think, going to be manufacturers having to step up and incentivize the sale of these products. That's a... We've, I've even got some more data that we'll dig into in a second on just that, but that has to be the answer here. I think that that's part of it. And I also think that that some dealers, especially dealers that are joining our dealer network, are realizing that, yes, their manufacturers ha have set their primary marketing areas where they're expected to sell cars and, and maintain um, market share. Dealers are also waking up to the fact that because of the internet and because of people like us, their primary air marketing area can suddenly become the 48 contiguous states. Okay. So if, if you just want, as a dealer, if you just want to think in terms of your PMA, 
that 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 the manufacturer set for you and not think in terms that because of the internet and the ease of doing business while utilizing a platform like ours means that you can actually expand your PMA to the entire country. If you're not the guy thinking that way, then you're a fool. Okay. <laughs> you, you really are. Um, because at a certain point, the manufacturer isn't really going to care. They just want to get the car sold. Oh, and they don't care where 100%. they don't care where they're sold to. Oh, they're gonna they're gonna say, oh, now really, you must must do a better job in your PMA. They don't care. It, if I can share a quick story, when I had the golf store, when I had the golf store in Mesa, Arizona, my Titleist rep said, oh, we would never sell to um, discount stores. You know, like. Um, uh, Dick's Sporting Goods or Sports Authority, and I and I looked at him and I said, "Well, how come Dick's Sporting Goods and Sports Authority has a much larger inventory of your golf balls than I do?" He goes, "I we don't know where they're buying them from." <laughs> okay, so maybe they're buying them from your Greengrass accounts that are then reselling them, but. But I looked at my guy, I said, do you really care that they have them? He goes, well, you know, we do have stockholders. We don't care where they really get sold. <laughs> and that's the case. They don't, they just need to get them sold. They don't care where they're sold from, just that they're sold. So if you're Stellantis or if you're Mazda and you say to your dealer, well, this is your primary marketing area and we want you to sell cars there, but you can they the dealer figured out not only can I sell cars there, but I can sell them everywhere. And and you go from being just a normal average sized Mazda dealership to suddenly one of the biggest in the country. They ain't gonna care. <laughs> they just know you're moving their product. Let's turn our attention back to the incentives piece of this puzzle, Pops. We just got from Cox Automotive. The incentives uh, for the most recent quarter from Honda and Nissan. Again, two import brands, Honda especially, lowest one of the lowest inventory levels yes. in the United States right now. And look at this, Honda dramatically increasing incentives, both on their Acura and Honda products. They're not back to pre-pandemic levels, but in Q2 of 2024 for their, uh, excuse me, this is a typo here. In, in, um, actually, no, maybe it's their fiscal year. I don't know, yeah. man, the most yeah. recent quarter. Yeah, their, fiscal, the most their quarter. fiscal year. Um, if, if they're like Toyota and they're like Mazda, their fiscal year ends March 31st. So there you go. So, so the chart tells a really interesting story, which is Honda brand incentives were up 87% to an average of $1,521 per vehicle. Acura incentives increased 73% to $2,853 per vehicle after hitting a record high of $6,334 per vehicle during the 2020 pandemic so like let that sink in for a second we are still really low like the manufacturers have a long way to go and that's yes. to me where i see the runway here dad what is the soft landing for the auto industry as consumers stop buying cars with high interest rates and as dealers sit on expensive inventory with high floor plan costs the soft landing is the oem stepping up mm -hmm. and saying oh crap we used to incentivize these things to the tune of 10 percent of the average transaction price we're probably going to have to do that again and when you even see the import brands like Nissan as well, raising their incentives by 74% to $2,337, what more clear sign do you need 
that the brands that have the least inventory are actually being forced to incentivize more. We see it, obviously, with Ram and with Ford and with General Motors. But to see the import brands do it as well, that this is great news for consumers out there who have been patient. The pain is being felt, and that will drive incentives that drive the sale of new cars. Used cars, different story. Watch our video yesterday. Yeah. But for, for new cars, this is, this is clear as day what's happening. And, and let's realize that, that most of these manufacturers, either last year or this fiscal year, will report their highest profits ever, ever, which means that, guess what? They'll be able to underwrite whatever it takes to move the product going forward because even they understand that it does no one any good to see them sit. So they will increase incentive spend. They will make it easier for customers to be able to say yes. Um, and please, as a customer, realize that just because the customer rebate has gone up and that the dealer has subtracted that from the selling price to make it look like you're getting a discount, the dealer hasn't taken a dime off the car yet. So always remember, you have to negotiate the selling price of the car and then apply whatever incentives there are. Just know that going in. For instance, I think, um, is Ram still doing it where they were giving 10% off MSRP? Okay. Well, that was from the manufacturer. That had nothing to do with what the dealer was discounting the car. So if, you, if you're getting 10% off from the manufacturer, I don't know. There's probably another 5 8 10% off that you can get from the dealer because they want to get rid of this stuff. So 100%. don't just fall for the customer incentive as the discount. There's more to it than that. 100%. Great advice. Really, really great advice. Jin Decker, thank you for the contribution. Grand Highlander, Kia Carnival, or Hyundai Palisade? I'd go Grand Highlander if I was in that. If I was choosing between those three, I'd go Grand Highlander. I've seen those at MSRP, and that's actually one that has $1,000 TFS uh, cash. What do you think, Pops? Um, well, they're, they're, you know, one's a minivan. Yeah, the carnival. Um, well, the carnival is yeah. like an interesting minivan. It's like supposed to be the next generation minivan. That's like an SUV minivan, but still, yes, it is a minivan. Okay. Um, I, I'm I taking think, a Toyota. I, I, I would, I would think for reliability reasons, I would go with the Highlander, um, the Palisade, and the and its commensurate Kia cousin, the Telluride, have scored very well in customer satisfaction recently. But, you know, I don't know that we have a long enough track record to know how they will perform long-term, um, mechanically speaking. Lot 21 says, did the strike even dent inventory? No. The short no. answer is no. There was some for General Motors, some for General but very little. Uh, inventory is not is not dented. It's, it's headed in the direction of building back up to where it was pre-pandemic. Will it actually get there? I don't know. I don't know. But um, you don't you don't think so? I I don't know if this trend continues. It, if, if the end of year sales are not as strong as I think they need to be to incentivize movement on vehicles, maybe they do build up in the beginning of next year. Here, but we'll see. Here's the reason I don't think they ever will. The cost of inventory today is probably forty percent higher than it was when dealers routinely had somewhere between three point four and four million vehicles sitting on their lots. Okay, so. Yeah. They can't afford 
at what the cost of these vehicles are today to have 3.4 million vehicles sitting on their lots. They just can't afford that. Um, so, no, I don't I, – I, I, I would be surprised if it tops out more than 2.5 million. It's just too expensive. I, you know, I hear you. I hear yeah, you. But I, if you can't throw the dog on things, it's not like they're going to turn off all their production lines. Like we did see some of that uh, coming out of the pandemic. I wouldn't be surprised though if you have OEM pressure to serve their stockholders, their shareholders. Like they need to sell them. I, I, I hear you. Let, let's see. Let's see. My, you my, you my, know my, as well as I. We will track it every damn oh, week. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but I was going to say my guess is that even though uh, the big three just recently settled with the UAW, They've retained the right that if inventories build up too high too quickly, they've retained the right to to cut shifts and slow down production. And that's what they can't. At 7% floor plan interest compared to 2% floor plan interest, 3.4 million vehicles in inventory is probably equivalent to 2.5 million vehicles in inventory today, dollars-wise. Yeah. All right, let's go here to the chat, and then we're going to do a very long and hopefully quite fun uh, favorite segment in just a moment. Before we do, from Wake Dog. Thank Thank you, you, Wake Dog. Hi, guys. I'm buying a Nissan Rogue for my daughter in Ohio. That is an incredibly thoughtful thing to do for your daughter. I'm in California. I want to do a joint loan, so it's in both of our names. Can the car be registered in Ohio still? Thanks. What's going yes. through your head as you read that? Yes, yes, yeah. The uh, you know the the daughter could be the buyer. Dad could be the co-signer. The co-signer doesn't have to live where the vehicle's registered. Just has what you're doing as the co-signer and co-buyer is you are. You are saying that if your daughter, for whatever reasons, doesn't make the car payments, you will. That's what, that's what you're saying. So you can register the car in Ohio at your daughter's address. You can be on the loan, and you can be responsible if your daughter doesn't make the payments. What a great, what a great father <laughs> <laughs> or, or mother. Uh, but anyway, yeah. great parent. No matter how you slice it. Before we before we jump into our favorite segment, friendly reminder to everyone, caredge.com, us too, our faces now on the homepage there. Go check it out, click around. Please, resources up in the top right. Black Friday uh, manufacturer incentives are starting to come out. We have a great article that Justin published today on that. You just go up there to the top right, resources, and then click on free guides. Dealer reviews. The team has made some updates, dealer reviews based on feedback we received. So thank you for that. The car buying cheat sheets. Deal school, the community forum, please just go avail yourself of yourselves of all the various resources. Now, with that out of the way, Dad. Yes. Can you with an ad lib, pretty please. Oh, really? You've got to be kidding me. That was a good one. All right. You called this yeah. earlier in the week. All right. <laughs> oh, God. But this is terrible. This, I mean, this, okay, no, this, this, this is, is terrible. literally terrible. We've been talking about on this channel. My dad's been talking about that because inventory is sitting around. Here, you explain it. You explain it, but briefly so I can talk about what happened here. Well, when inventory sits around, especially older inventory, I mean, dealers always put it right on the front line, you know, right next to the highway. Now, there's two reasons they put it there. They want want people driving by to see it and go, oh, maybe I need to stop. And B, 
Um, the other reason is if there's an accident, any one of those old age cars gets destroyed and totaled. Well, it's a sold unit. It might not end up being sold to the ultimate retail customer, but it's considered a sold unit because it gets sold to the insurance company. For, so you always put old units on the front line, hoping that either a customer is going to see it or a customer loses, <laughs> just loses their way and kind of hits it. So this, this was just this, uh, was sent to me um, by one of our viewers. And I mean, I watched the video. It was absolutely frightening. And no dealer, no, no dealer expects anything like this. Just for those that listen to the podcast after the live show, the headline reads, Runaway Double Bottom Semi takes out 33 cars as it barrels into a dealership. The truck left a one and a half mile trail of destruction. Obviously sad. Like, let's just be very clear. We don't make fun of like people can get, get killed in that situation. Yes. Fortunately, that didn't happen. The thing that makes us really Gabby Kimmy is literally this week, and you've been talking about for weeks, you've been making kind of tongue-in-cheek jokes yes. about the fact that, you know, dealers might want to get uh, you know, sell some cars to the insurance company. And then what yes. do you know? Lo and behold, we get the email from a community member. Yeah. 33 cars destroyed. Yeah, but only only 22 of them were at the dealer. Um, but but here's the, here, you know. Only I, 22 I, of yeah, them. I, I said, I think in the email, to either you or, or the gentleman that sent it in to me, uh, you know, jokingly. I mean, the factory rep's going to be congratulating him for, for having had like a double-digit day. You know, because at, at a certain point, they're going to get to declare 22 vehicles, a total loss. The insurance company is going to pay for them. <laughs> and, and so that's 22 cars that got sold. Now, the fact that this, this semi-trailer hit the – the whole thing blew up. I mean, the, the, it, was, it was an inferno. The front of the dealership Very is nice. melted. Okay? There's, there's, just, there's just a trail of destruction – leading to the front door of the dealership it is i have never in my lifetime seen anything like it it was the most terrifying dash cam video i mean this this semi was like speed it had no brakes it, no, you know, it's super scary super yes, scary. So i want to be yes. very clear we laugh we make light of certain things to try and have some fun bring some levity to the day yeah, but that that is very, 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 very scary. Unfortunately, no casualties. Yes, Cars hopefully everybody. Hopefully, everybody recovers fully and quickly. Um, but it was it was frightening to, to look at that video, and then to see overhead video of the trail of destruction. It was it was pretty damn incredible. And that factory rep going to be giving them out of boys. All right, now absolutely. The next one, Dad, Justice sent me this just this morning. I put it over on X. New winner for highest stock fee I've ever seen, plus a $500 fee for getting tags. All right, Dad, we are got, we're in the state of Florida. <clears throat> Excuse of me. 2018 Chevy Tahoe with 90,000 miles on it. This dealer, this is the price is the first, really. You got to be kidding me. Yes. 90,000 miles on a 2018 Tahoe, 36 grand. All right, you're getting this massive discount. Whatever, yes. still overpriced. Yeah. Doc fee of $1,000, electronic filing fee of $559, PTA fee of $189, tag fee of $500. This one's a new winner, man. I mean, this is just insanity. Um, you know, I, I sent you another article today. 
um, and and I highlighted one paragraph out of it, and it was the it was about Nick Saban's group buying some dealerships in Florida, and the headline well the the headline is that they they spent seven hundred million dollars to buy a couple of Mercedes Benz stores in Florida, but the paragraph that got my attention. Florida has these great franchise laws. In other words, folks, you're getting screwed every time you buy a car in Florida that allows dealers to generate high profits and that shows up in high goodwill values. Okay, so the perfect example of that was the $559.95 electronic filing fee and the $999 in dock fee. So that's that's what, $1,559, and then a $500 tag fee. I don't think tags are 500 in Florida. So it, it's like Florida's, Florida's idea of consumer protection is, hey, whatever the dealer wants to do to you, we're okay with it, okay? It's just that simple. And you see it reflected in the values of dealerships because that was – 15, probably 1600 hours of pure profit on top of the selling price. So I'm telling you, folks, you live in Florida, you buy a car in Florida at, at somewhere other than an Earl Stewart. As that old saying goes, you're paid too much. Okay. You got taken advantage of in Florida because, well, the state allows you to be taken advantage of. Pretty damning when you put those two side by side. I mean, truly pretty damning. It, it was, it's right there in black and white. I mean, the people that help buy, sell dealerships, they understand it because they look at it and they go, well, there's $1,500 per every car sold in pure 100% additional profit above and beyond the profit built into the deal. So, sell 100 cars a month. That's $150,000. I mean, that's that's a ton of money. Bingo. And that's and and the salesperson doesn't get paid a dime on that. Okay. Not that I feel bad for the salesperson per se, but that's just a hundred percent pure profit on top of the profit that you make selling the car. And the state of Florida allows it. Okay. I I I in my opinion, I would almost say that the state of Florida encourages their dealers to do things like that because they don't do anything to rein them in. So I want to be very clear. We are now shipping tons of cars into that great state through the Car Edge <laughs> network because people are like, screw it. It's just absolutely not worth it. So I'm proud that we're we're pushing against this and giving folks some options because, yeah, it's it's absurdity. Speaking of which, Dad, end the show on this, caredge.com. I mentioned them earlier. Now I'm going to show you some of them. The dealer reviews. Our team yes. did such an incredible job building this out. And in these dealer reviews, they all connect back to the dealer inventory as well. So Gary Rome Hyundai, come read here to see what John had to say about his experience at Gary Rome Hyundai. And then you can actually go see Gary Rome Hyundai's inventory right here on the Car Edge app. Everything is integrated in one experience. I'm so proud of our team for what they've built there. I'm going to hit the back button a few times to go all the way back to the homepage. Again, under resources, I mentioned it earlier today, go to free guides. We have best car deals. We've also got, if you come down here to the search, 
It's been Black Friday. We just updated our Black Friday guide. Justin did this literally this morning. Expect wow. big sales this Black Friday, better, uh, but better deals in December. Like all of the resources are here. I, I, I know we kind of take some, some, um, some flame occasionally for like some of the clickbait and things like that. Gang, the resources are free. They're good and they're incredibly helpful. So please just come to the website, use the resource, you know, sub menu and go click on some of these things and learn something and share it with a friend. If it's useful for you, it's useful for someone else. Save them some money. I think what I just heard you say is if you can get past the clickbait, ladies and gentlemen, there's real value in what we're saying here and, and what's available on the website. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and trust me, you know, when you, when, the, when you are a recent graduate of the, of the PhD program at clickbait university, as Zach is, then, you know, nobody does it better, but it gets, it gets views and, and the views, if, you know, can I say something? I, do we have to, you do whatever you want. Okay. So I, I saw a comment on one of our videos the other day and the comment said, well, I won't watch the video because of the, uh, because of the, the thumbnail and the clickbait, but I'm going to comment. Well, how the hell can you comment if you don't watch the damn thing? Okay. Um, how can you comment about what, what is in the show if you don't actually watch the show? I, I'm just going to be um, for one of the one of the few times in my life, ladies and gentlemen, I will bite my tongue and I will not say what I really want to say. Um, and, and I'll just leave it there. Um, you shouldn't comment if you don't watch. Steak dinner Saturday night. We are taking my dad out again. Congratulations to you, Justice and uh, James on the team. Auto Insiders with Ray Shefsky. The podcast drops every single Monday. Please check out the YouTube channel here. Go avail yourself of the resources. Today was a hell of a lot of fun. We'll be back tomorrow with even more news you yes. can use. At what time, Dad? Um, at 7 a.m. in Honolulu, um, 8 a.m. in Anchorage, 9 a.m. in Sacramento, where, where Justice is, and, well, uh, noon here in uh, Ventnor City, New Jersey, and Washington, D.C. Um, and, and if you're scoring in Manila, it's midnight. It still is midnight there. Thank you, everyone, yeah. for joining us today. I love you, Dad. Happy hump day. And I will see you probably later on today. Uh, well, I don't know why you will, but I love you as well. And and I, I hope you have a good rest of your day. And and don't take this wrong, but, you, you know, already your hair's growing back. and It's, it's it, looking better. It's already yeah. looking better. Yeah. 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 You I, know did, what, I, I did take my beard trimmer to it a little yeah. bit. I think that helped. So okay, and I will say there was a comment that I saw, and and the comment said the difference between a good haircut and a bad haircut, two weeks. <laughs> so it's kind of like a cold. We'll be over this in two weeks, one way or the other. <laughs> See you guys. Love you, pops. Yep, love you too. Have a great day, everybody.